Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim on Dafiomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and we are now beginning the fourth chapter of Masachet Nazir, the Mishnah, the first Mishnah, and attached to it is the second Mishnah of the Perak, appear on Dafchaf Amudbet. And uh, this parak, like the previous parak, is called Mishi Amar and deals with Hafla, but Hafla of a very different nature. The Hafla that we dealt with chiefly in the third parak was Hafla taken under circumstances where either there was later a Tum'ah that, um, that fouled it, or that the, the famous fifth Mishnah that we dealt most of the time with, where Hafla was taken under circumstances of Tum'ah. Here we're going to deal in these two Mishnayot with hafla that later gets tethered to another one's hafla and how that plays out. Misha Maharini Nazir. Vani Vani. Notice it says Vani twice. That will be important. So if somebody says I'm a Nazir and a friend says Vani, and then we assume a third person says Vani, Kulam Nazirim. So Kulam here indicates there's more than two, otherwise it'd say Shnehem. They're all Nazirim. That's valid and that's fine. But if the first one gets himself released, since the latter two tethered themselves, either in a chain or directly, we'll discuss that in the Gemara, to the first one, therefore his release releases them. If the last one becomes released, only he is released, and the ones earlier are mutar, and this parallels a Mishnah that we saw in Masechet Nidarim, with linked nidarim. Now, Amar Harini Nazir Amar Sari Kisaro. This is a variation on it. When one guy says I'm a Nazir, and the other fellow says my mouth is like his mouth, my hair is like his hair. The mouth referring, of course, to the abstention from wine and grapes. The hair, of course, referring to the restriction against haircutting. Harez Nazir. That's a valid, a valid, a valid hatfosa, a valid tethering. Now, Harini Nazir, Va'ani. Now, here is where this, uh, this twist changes things radically. Remember that a man may reject the Nidarim of his wife within the day that he heard about it. So if a man says, I'm a Nazir, and his wife says, me too, Mefer et he can be Mefer her Nizirut, Vishalo Kayam, it won't touch his, he's still a Nazir. But Harani Nizira, if his wife was the one who initiated and said, I'm a Nizira, and her husband heard it and said, me too, he cannot be Mefer. And the assumption here is that if he is Mefer her, uh, Nader, then his, which is tethered to it, will be lost also, and of course he cannot be made for his own. We will see another uh, approach to understanding this uh, mom- uh, momentarily in the Gemara. Now, Mishnah Bet picks up on the same theme, Hareini Nazir Ve'at. If a man says to his wife, I am a Nazir Ve'at, and in the next podcast we'll deal with what this all means, Ve'amra Amein, Me'feret Shalah, he can be made for her part. His part remains. But if she initiates it and says, I'm a Nazira, and you, and again, we will not deal with this now. We're going to return to this Mishnah when we study the Gemara on it. He cannot be made for. Okay, we'll focus on the first Mishnah. Now, first issue is the whole notion of tethering to another neder. Yativ Rashlokish Kameh Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah. Rashlokish was sitting in front of the patriarch, Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, who was the grandson of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. This is Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah the first. V'yatev Kamar. Rashlokish was sitting there and saying, V'hu shi'it pisu kulan betoch kadei dibur. 
he claims that all of the tetherers had to say Vani within Kedai Dibur. We'll see how long that is, but it's a very short period of time. Enough time to make a short declaration um, of the original declaration. In other words, if a person says, I'm a Nazir, another guy hears it, and 20 minutes later says, me too, there's no connection. If a person says, I'm a Nazir, and as the words leave his mouth, another guy says, me too, it's certainly connected. The question is, how far away? And that measure is called Toch Kedai Dibur. Now, how long is that? Enough to greet somebody. Which kind of greeting is it? Which, of course, is a little bit longer. Because if it's a Rebbe greeting his student or a peer greeting his peer, it's Shalom Alecha. Two words. If it's a student greeting his teacher, it's Shalom Alecha. Rebbe, three words, gives him a couple extra half seconds or moments. Um, which is now considered a span within which the speech is all considered one speech. And the halach is during that period of time. It is within one speech, with the exception, we saw the four exceptions earlier on, of Mekal and Megadev and Navarazara and etc. Okay, now, and Kiddushin and Gerushin and, uh, and, um, and Meimer. Okay, so now that's the halacha. So Amarle, Rabbi Huna Nasiya said to Rosh Lokish, Tuvlo shavkat ravcha letalmida. You haven't left any room. In other words, you're making it a very short thing. He's not dis- d- disagreeing. He's just commenting that it's a very short period. Now, Tanya Namihach, we have a brighter that supports this notion. If a guy says, I'm a Nazir, and the other fellow heard him and awaited Kadei Dibur. Viamar Vani, and then he said Vani. A minute later he said Vani. The tethering doesn't work. The first nether is fine. The second one is nothing. How long is that? Enough time for a student to greet his teacher. Shalom alecha rabbi. Now, perhaps this also supports it. The Our Mishnah, if you notice, says that a person says, I'm a Nazir, and then we have Va'ani and Va'ani, meaning two different guys uh, grabbed on. This seems to support the idea that Tochet is very minimal, because uh, the, the fact that the Tana doesn't say Va'ani, 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 in other words, that there's a bunch of guys who are each linking to each other, proves that not only the speech has to be Tochet Dibur, has to be Tochet Dibur of the principal speaker, who they're all connecting to. We think that that's supportive. So the Gemara says that's not supportive. Would you want the Tana to be a yakker? To, to be somebody who's like a rochel, somebody a gossiper who just says, Vani, 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 Vani. The Tana is not supposed to speak incessantly. So if that's the case, honey. So why doesn't the Tana just say Vani once and leave it at that? The reason, if we want to him to minimize his extra words, the answer is hachinami. You're right, that would work. Because of the system that's developed later in the Mishnah, where if the first one is released, they're all released, but if the last one is released, then only he is released, you have to have at least three guys in the picture for there to be a kulam. Otherwise, you don't really have Rishon Nachron, you just have A and B. And because of that, Michal Deik Amsayi, so clearly the scenario that we've got here is that there's a middle guy, Vani Vani. In other words, as I indicated in parentheses on the handout, 
There is a middle person here, a second person. So the the index person says Anir Nazir, a guy says Vani, and another guy says Vani, and now we have the structure we can deal with. If the index person is released, they're all released. If the last guy is released, then only he is released, and the others are still Asur. Okay, now, Ibai Elohim. Here's the question that we sort of skirted around a minute ago. Does each guy link to the previous guy, or are they all linking to the original guy? Now, what's the what's the practical difference between the two approaches? It's actually quite obvious. How far can you go? If you say each guy is what we call in the old days of scuzzy cables, daisy chaining, it was each guy is looking to the next guy. So mitvasin vazil vazil olam, and you could have a million people here. One guy could say hanreini nazir, and within a couple seconds, another guy says vani, and within a couple seconds, a guy says vani, and this could go on for hours, including thousands of people in the nazirut, all linking back to that original guy. But if you say that they are only linking to the first guy, then then you only have a couple seconds from the first speech, and however many people could say vani during that time, that's it. But that seems to be what our mission is talking about, because it said vani vani. So what's the answer? So our mission is a great way to go to prove that we're all linking to the first guy, because our Tana only allowed for two people to link on. For two lomidi. The Tana didn't have any more than two. So you see that everybody's linking to the first guy, and that's why there's no more room than for two. Um because if you think they're all connecting to each other, let the Tana say Vani, 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 Vani. You already know what the response to that's gonna be. Tana you want the Tana to be a yakker? So Velitni Chad, so then back to our original question, then why doesn't it just say Vani once? Why does it say it twice? Velishmain and Kulhun, and we'll uh, we'll understand that it applies. Again, the same answer that we just gave. Since the structure that is set up for the different release points is that if the first one is released, they're all released. If the last one is released, they're all Asur. Obviously, that implies a middle guy, which means you have to have three. Therefore, it's Vani, Vani. So we're still trying to prove whether or not you are all linking to the first guy, or each guy is linking to the guy in back of, in front of him. Toshma, hutar rishon hutru kulan. Our Mishnah says that if the first guy is released, they're all released. Rishon hudasharu. Obviously, it's only if you release the first guy that they're all mutar. Ha'em tsa'ilo. What's the implication? If the middle guy is released, they're not all released. And that seems to indicate that everyone's plugging to the Rishon. The Rishon's the only guy who his release is going to release them all because they're all tied to him. But if the, that the middle guy really isn't the middle guy anymore. He's just one of a number of people who are all plugging into the first guy. And therefore his release won't affect anybody else. <clears throat> so you see they're all tying to the first guy. No. Really I should imagine that they're chaining. But I did the boy meet Kulan since I needed to learn the phrase that if the first guy's released, they're all released. The Tana and Sa'i, if I started with the middle guy and said if he's released, then they're not all released. I want to describe a scenario where they're all released. So the only way to do that is for the first guy to get released. Because if I release the middle guy, and if I imagine it as a chain, then the middle guy and on is released, but not the guy before, the first guy. Shumhachik Tani Rishon. 
So we still have to solve the question about whether or not the hatfasa is each fellow to the fellow in front of him or all to the first guy, of course, severely limiting the time frame within which it can be done. Um, the end of the Mishnah says that if the last guy is released, then he's mutar and the rest are all asur. So the lo batre. That's only because he's the last guy in line that nobody else becomes mutar. Avalem Saini, however, a guy before him, a middle guy, Dika Achrina Batre, after all, there's a middle guy and a last guy, uh, Mishtari, so the guy after him is mutar, so that means that it is chained. In other words, when, the only time when only one guy gets released is when it's the last guy in the line who is released. Implication being, if anybody earlier gets released, then it's more than just one guy, and that indicates chaining and not all tying to the first. Um, no, the Malach I could I could answer that one and go in the other direction and say really everyone's tying to the first one. When you said acharon in the uh, presentation, you didn't mean acharon as in the last in the chain because in that presentation there is no chain. Acharon just means any of the other guys who aren't the index guy. They're all called acharon. And so then, I did but why do we call him Acharon? Just because parallel construction. The first guy is certainly the Rishon. All the other ones are Acharon. There isn't really an Emtsa'i here. So therefore, we still don't have the solution. Toshma, the Tanya Behedya, but now we have an explicit Brighta that solves everything. Hutar Rishon, Hutru Chulan. If the first guy is released, they're all released. Hutar Acharon, Acharon, Mutar Buchulan, Asurin. If the last guy is released, only he is released. Hutar emtsai, if a middle guy, which already tells you it's chaining, because it's a middle guy, hemenu lamata mutar, hemenu lamala asur, just as we learned in the darim, from him on out, or him on down in the chain is mutar, from him up, earlier in the chain is still asur, shmamina chad matvis, shmamina. That proves that they are all linking to each other and not all of them independently linking back to the first guy, which does, of course, allow for a much longer, really theoretically infinite time frame for this process to continue. Okay, back to our Mishnah. We saw the alternate formulation in the Mishnah, where one guy says, I'm a Nazir, and the other guy says, my mouth is like his mouth, my hair is like his hair. And this is troubling. Why is he a Nazir if he says that? Or Amina, we have a challenge. If a guy says, my hand is a Nazir, my foot is a Nazir, hasn't said anything. In other words, that's not meaningful. If he says, my head is a Nazir, my liver is a Nazir, what's the rule? Only if you identify a part of your body which is vital for living, like your head, like half of you, like your heart, like your liver, and you say, that's a Nazir, since the rest of your body cannot operate without that piece, that means that then we have what's called in the world of Kodshim, Pishut, it spreads out, and now all of you becomes a Nazir. But if you use your hand or your leg or something else which is not vital to your existence, um then you are not a Nazir, just like in Kodshim. If you take an animal and you say the leg of this animal is an Ola, then it's not an Ola. If, on the other hand, you say the heart of this animal is an Ola, then the whole thing becomes because it's vital to the organ. So we are using borrowing from Kodshim here. So when the fellow says, my hair is like his hair, what you're basically saying is, my hair is a Nazir. 
Well, that doesn't help. Your hair, you certainly can live without. As a matter of fact, we regularly do on a, on a regular basis. So I'm reviewing the Amar Hachi. Actually, what the guy said was a little different. What you really said was not my hair is like his hair, which is a way of saying um, that uh, that my hair is an azir, but rather my hair is like his hair as far as shaving, my mouth is like his mouth as far as the ingestion of grapes, and that's a valid hatfasa. Okay, Hareini Nazira. Now we get to the end of Mishnah Aleph, which is when the husband and wife team are tethering to each other, and then we have the problem of of Hafara. Hareini Nazira, Vashama Balav Amar Vani, Eino Echol Afer. So if she initiates it, and then he says, me too, he can't be Mayfair. So Ibai Oluhu, here's the question that we've dealt with in the Darim. Baal me'akar akar odilma megas gaiz. Does the husband uproot the netter when he rejects it, or does he simply cancel it from this point on? Lamai nafkumina. Well, the truth is, there's a huge nafkumina, and that is if a woman takes a netter and violates the netter, and then whatever the netter may be, and then the husband rejects it when he hears about it, is she liable? Does she get makot? Does she have to bring korban, etc.? But there's a local nafkumina here, which is lishashin adrab nazir. A woman took a, a, a netter of nazirut. And a friend of hers, another woman, married to another guy, said, And the husband of the first wife, the first woman, heard about it and said, So if you say the husband's rejection uproots it so that it retroactively never happened, then that her friend is also not in Nazira anymore because she's tethered onto something that never existed. The Amar Megas guys, but if on the other hand you say that Hafara simply cancels it at that point, then the wife is Mutar, Haverta Asura, then the, the friend is still in the Zira because she tethered onto something that at the time and has all, will always be having been at that time a valid Nazirut. So which is it? My Toshma, let's go to our Mishnah. If the woman says, I'm in the Zira and the husband says, me too, he can't be made fair. Why? Guys, if you think the husband simply cancels, let him be made for his wife. In other words, we assume that the reason the husband cannot be made for the nedder in such a circumstance is that because by doing so, he would be indirectly rejecting his own nedder, and that he can't do. And therefore, it hands off. So that proves that that he um, that he is me'akar akar, that he's uprooting it, because if it was Megas Gaia's, he could just cancel her netter, and he would stay in place, and he would be able to do that. Um, so that should prove that the husband uproots it. Lo, the Ola Megas Gaia's. Perhaps that's not the case. Perhaps he only cancels it. Uvedinu delay for la. Really, he should be able to make for her. Find a time to lamatsi me for why can't he? Because his words of Vani Because she said, I'm in the Zira. Now, remember, a husband not only has the rights to reject the netter and to remain silent, thus, at the end of the day, it turning into a valid netter, he can also be Mekayim a netter and say, Good doing. You're, you're a great person. There are none like you. If you hadn't done it, I would have done it myself. All of those different phrases for Kiyum. So when the woman says, I'm in a Zira, and he says, me too, in a sense, there's no greater kiyum than that. There's no greater confirmation that he approves of her in a Zirut by the fact that he hitches a ride on it. 
So that does not prove anything about miyakar akar. It's simply because you can't be made for a nedu that you are mekayim. You have to first release the kiyum, which you can do, sho'alim alahekem, like Rabbi Yochanan says, and then you can go back and be mefer. So if you're shoal in the hakama, matzi mefer. mefer. So in other words, our Mishnah does not prove whether baal miyakar akar or megas guy is toshma. If a woman took a neder of nizirut and she separated her animal, her animal for korban nazir. There's not a woman who became tmeah. She was doing fine in the nizirut. She told her husband about it two weeks later and he said, but she'd already separated the animal. If the animal was his, which means she really had no rights to it, the animal goes out back to the flock. However, this is the part that intrigues us. If the animal was the chatat, the kisba for a chatat, then it has to go lemita, like chataot metot, which means that we're regarding it as some sort of a valid hafrasha, that really was a chatat. If you think that the husband really uproots the ned there, let this animal be chulin. After all, a woman is right now takes a neder of nizirut. A week later, she comes up to a, a, a uh, lamb and says, "This is my chatat." A week later, she tells her husband, "I'm a nizira." He says, "Muferlach," and that animal is now. If if baal if the husband uproots it, then that would mean now this animal was never hektish. It should go back to the flock. That proves that the husband only cancels it and doesn't uproot it. Really, I could still argue that the husband uproots it. Painutama, what's the reason that this chatat cannot go back to the to the flock? Since what has happened really is this woman was mafrisha chatat, and then we find out that she doesn't need kapara. What's that like? Have The Mishnah in in um, in Tmura talks about the chamesh chataot metot. There are five circumstances where a chatat has to be kind of driven to death. We don't kill it, but we starve it in such a way that it dies. And that is a chatat shemetu ba'aleha. If a chatat was separated and then the owners died, a chatat shekipu ba'aleha, a chatat uh, that the um, that the owners somehow achieved kapara some other way, a tmurat chatat, etc. There's five, but the one that we're concerned with is chatat shemetu ba'aleha. And he says, since this woman now doesn't need kapara, it's like an owner of a chatat who separated the chatat and died. And then what happens to the chatat? Uh, it's, it's, um, has to go lamita. So we haven't yet proven whether me'akar akar or me'gaz gaiz. This we had recently in the third parak. If a woman took a neder and she was violating it, she gets makot. Now, what's the case? If you think the husband didn't reject it, so you have to tell me that if a woman takes a neder of nizirut and drinks wine, she gets makot. That's kind of a no-brainer. So, so we clearly must be talking about a case where the husband was made for it. Uh, it must be a case where the husband was mefer, and nonetheless she gets makot. If you think the husband really uproots it, so why does she get makot? It must be that the husband, this is what I mentioned at the beginning of the sugya, that a very big nafkamina is whether you're going to get makot for what you did earlier. It must be that the husband only cancels it from here on in, and she is liable for her violation earlier. 
So we say, no, I can still hold the possibility that the husband uproots it. And what the Gemara doesn't mention explicitly is, we're going to say that that statement, that if a woman takes a ned there and violates it, she gets a makot, is really talking about a case where the husband did not uh, cancel it at all. And why is it mentioned? It's such an obvious thing. If the husband was Mayfair and she didn't know that he was Mayfair, and she was violating the Nizirut, which she thought was a Nizirut, she does not get Makot, even though she thinks she's violating, nonetheless she doesn't get it. And this is something we discussed in the Darim, but the main point of it is that we could still imagine that the first statement, the Reisha, in which she took the ned there and violated got makot. He's talking about a case where the husband wasn't mayferet, and and nonetheless it has to be said just as parallel construction against the case where he was mayfer, but she doesn't know, etc. All right, so let's see if we can solve it. This is something familiar to us. If a woman violated, took an azirut, and, and then it was fouled with with the tumat mate. And then the husband was uh, rejected the neder. You know what happens? She brings chataataof, but she doesn't bring olataof. And this is something that we dealt with very recently. If you think that the husband really cancels the neder, then she's she's responsible for everything. She should bring with a full korban nazar tuma. Ve'elamai, what's the answer? Mi'akaraka, you're going to tell me that it's uprooted? So chatatov namilotaiti, so then she shouldn't bring anything. Either way, this case is weird that she brings a chatat and not an ola. So achinami, you're right. Vahamani Rabbi Yalazar hakaparhi, this is authored by Rabbi Yalazar hakapar, who we've already seen several times, the tenor of Yalazar hakapar, but Rabbi Omer, matzamu lamarmi asher chatal anafish, why does it say that the Kohen brings the korban for the nazir shinitma from his sinning against the soul, against the person? What did the Nazir who did he sit against? Since he abstained from wine, he's called a sinner. He sinned against himself. If this guy only abstained from wine, he's called a sinner. Somebody who abstains from all sorts of things certainly is a sinner, and this is a famous screed against against uh, asceticism. In any case, the reason she brings the Chatataof was not because she's responsible and liable as in Zirah, because indeed the husband does uproot it, but rather because she sinned by taking the vow of Nizirut. That's what Belazar Kapar's position. Now, Toshma, the Tanya Behedya, but we have an explicit Braita. Haisha Shinradra Benazir, if a woman took a vow of Nizirut, and her friend heard her and linked on by saying Vani. And the husband of the first wife came in as Mayfair. He muterad v'chaverta asura. She is um, released, but the one who tethered on is asura, which would seem to prove shmamina bal megas gaius. That proves that the husband only cancels it and doesn't uproot it. And now you have to look back at all the different cases that we had. Some which favored Balmiakarakar, which we defended, and some which favored Balmiakar's guy is, and which we defended in the other direction. And Rabbi Shimon Omer, he just points out a small caveat here. Imam Rala, Hareni Kemotech, if the friend who tethered didn't say Va'ani, but rather said, I'm like you, then Shtehen Mutarot. Because she's saying basically, I'm like you, like Ruta Naomi, whither thou goest, I shall go, and therefore when the first woman becomes released, by definition, the second one is released along with her. Now, Marzutra Bredrav Mari Amar, he made the following suggestion. Hi, Hainu Dharami Barchama. 
this question about whether Baal Megas Gaius or Baal Meakar Akar is really the question of Rami Barchama. Really, not so much the question about uh, Baal Megas Gaius Meakar Akar, but the question about whether a woman linking on to another woman's neder or nizirut, when the first, the, when the one, when the index woman gets released, does the tethered woman get released with her? It's really the question of Rami Barchama. What did he ask? A person points to a piece of meat or wine or whatever it is he wants to ban on himself and says, this is to me like the meat of Shlomim. Mahu. What does he mean by that? When a person is tethers to a korban, do they mean to tether to the essential korban? And after all, as a korban, it's something that's asur. Maybe he's being matfis to the quote-unquote cold part, meaning the mutar part. After all, a shlamim, after it's brought, and after they move brought upon the mizbeach, can be after the dam is nizrak, you can eat it, which means it's mutar. And so, therefore, our situation would seem to be the same as this. When a woman says, Vani, is she linking on to the essential neder or to the possibility of a heter side? We will see that this analogy is a little bit difficult. Midami. Hatam shlamim in Rambachama's case. In other words, we're, we're, we're dis, dis, disjointing the analogy or disanalogizing and disanalogizing. That midami, they're not alike. Hatam came under Mahari Alai Kibasu Zavach Shlamim in the case Rambachama asked about Afagav to the Achashinizrak Damo Matsu Achile, even though after Zrikas Damim you're allowed to eat it Bachutz, so Mikdash Kadish is still Kadosh. Nobody nobody denies that this Shlamim can't be taken outside of Yushalayim and can't be eaten by somebody who's Tommy and can't be eaten after the second day, etc. It has rules and restrictions. But in our case, if you think that she's really grabbing onto the heter part when she says va'ani and the husband released her, this woman is fully released. She's not a little bit of a of a nizira. She's not a. There's not a quasi korban here. It's uh, it's nothing, and therefore you really can't compare the two. Now ikadamri. Some people ignored that challenge and said hainu dorm rachama vaday. He said, this is exactly like Rami Barchama's uh, position, and the, the same question obtains, and whatever answer you're going to get there will be the answer that you get here, but this doesn't affect the issue of Balmegas Gairz and Miyaka Arka, but rather just the question of how do we understand when a woman or a person says, Vani, do they mean that they're linking onto the essential letter that the person took, or to the heter side, which may indeed evolve when the, the first woman's husband releases the neder. That was a long piece. We covered two daf. We will uh, continue on the next podcast in our study of the fourth parak of Masachat Nazir. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.